0: to First Church Charlotte. Starting a series today entitled Love and Holiness, but we're having a little fun with the spelling of holiness. We're spelling it with a W because as you will see, God connects us with others to make us whole. Whole. Uh, we are all of us pieces, and we all of us live incomplete lives. Now, typically when we talk about this subject, the first thing to think of is to think in terms of some type of a, like a marriage seminar. And I agree that we need a marriage seminar around here. I mean, j- even the pastor's home, I mean, we could use a marriage seminar. <laughs> that was funny. I don't care if y'all to laugh or not. I entertain myself. <laughs> um, but connection is so much more than just... Um, uh, like a, a romantic type of of relationship, that is obviously a very big, very a very big part of our lives. But lots of people uh, will live lives, and they they will uh, either live single, or they they will spend much of their life single. And there will always be this sense or want worrying in some of them that somehow they're they've they've missed out, or uh, they're incomplete, and they won't be whole. And the enemy would love for them to think because of that, uh, they are forever separate from the rest of uh, the world or in some manner separate from the body of Christ. Or um, I want to remind you that uh, being single is not necessarily a statement of your spiritual incompleteness. Um, it, is, it can be very much uh, a spiritually intentional thing. The Apostle Paul was single. Jesus, of course, was single. Um, our connection to others is so much more than just romance. I don't want to do a, a series that's just primarily about romantic love or primarily about uh, marriage per se. These elements are are, of course, in those things, but it's more than that. Um, We are also connected one another uh, to one another through uh, the various family connections of our life. And uh, if you are a parent, you know the deep power of those parental connections. Some people will live their life, however, and and not be a parent. They will never have children. And if this was the whole of human connection, they would be isolated because they did not have that specific connection. Uh, gift in their life. The Bible calls children the gift of the Lord. Um, Sometimes they're the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Sometimes they're the gift of insanity. Uh, But you get the idea. I I, want to take this deeper than just romantic love, although that's part of it. And I want to take it deeper than parental love, although that's part of it. We all of us have other types of family relationships. We have siblings, siblings. Uh, we have extended cousins and nephews and nieces and uncles and aunts. Uh, we have parents. Uh, we have, of course, children, as I've mentioned. All of these are the, are part of our the story of our human connections, one to uh, another. And the Lord will use all of those things uh, to make us whole. The last thing I want to mention is, of course, uh, the, the value and the power of friendships in our life. And so... We're getting started here and just give me a moment to kind of to to get 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 started here Um, My notes are available as 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 usual on uh, the website if you want to download them and 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 make your own copy uh, of those One of the greatest Lies that people Deceive themselves with is to some way believe that they don't need other people Now this is a fairly practical series. I'm doing Um, It is easy for us as apostolics, us apostolics do church a certain kind of way. Our services have a certain feel to them. Uh, We, I believe, uh, enjoy some of the most dynamic moves of God of any religious group there is out there. I believe we enjoy some of the most, forgive me for saying it if this seems pejorative to any other church, but I feel like we, do, we we enjoy some of the most powerful services because of our passionate pursuit of the presence of God in our service. Can I have a big amen? amen. I love having passionate church. We are uh, very comfortable with that. We are very comfortable lifting our voices, clapping our hands. We do the dynamic very well because we're so comfortable with it. Uh, we do powerful, uh, at least our perception of power, We do it very well because we are so comfortable, comfortable with it. Now, I want to remind you of how Jesus taught. Jesus did not make spiritual things powerful. He made simple things spiritual. Let me say that again. Jesus did not make spiritual things powerful. He made simple things spiritual saved people love taking spiritual things and making them powerful. That's how we, that's what we call good church, where you take something that's spiritual and you present it in a manner and people are caught up in the dynamic emotional response to it and they perceive it as the power of God. We make spiritual things powerful and that is my favorite way to have church. That is my favorite way to teach. It's my favorite way to preach. The reality, however, is we are placed in a time, in a generation, in a social. Context and we have to speak to the needs of people as they experience life, not simply as we enjoy church. Does that make sense? I can preach to saved people or I can try to help everybody, and so this is part of my desire to take truths about the human experience, simple things about what people are facing, and to show them the deep spiritual underpinnings of their life. We are all of us multidimensional beings. You're not simply flesh. You are more than flesh. You are also spirit. It is fairly easy to be religious and never get out of the flesh, but to be spiritual, you have to have a relationship with Almighty God. And so it's not enough for us to have a form of godliness. It's not, is anybody with me here today? Are y'all gonna preach with me a little bit? Um, It'll make me feel better. I won't preach as long, so you'll like that. Uh, I'm not long-winded like my wife. I just need your attention for a little while, so. (laughs) Um, I, I I want you to see the challenge. What we're really trying to do here at First Church is have a relationship with Almighty God. You see, we love the scripture, but the scripture was always written with the intent that you would have an opportunity Opportunity to know the author man, that was some fun preaching. It's not simply a formula for how to do life. It has that. It has truth. It has that. But it was always written with the point that you were going to get to know the author. That's why the scripture can often seem to contradict himself. In one place, Jesus says to honor your father and mother. It's one of the original commandments. In another place, he says, if you don't hate your father and mother, brother and sister, you're not worthy of the kingdom. The Bible was always written for you to have a chance to know the author. And it is the spirit of God in your life that leads you into understanding, that shows you how truth can be held in tension, and how there can be two opposites that actually both speak to who you are and the kind of being you are, and you perceive this seeking of God and this pursuit of a relationship with God in the midst of that truth. All right, so stay with me here a little while. I, I'm trying to get there. I'm just getting a little bit of a slow start. We must be spiritual people. And therefore, we must be aware of how in the, even in the ordinariness of our life, there is spiritual consequences. One of those spiritual consequences uh, is this. If we come to believe that we are we are uh, complete in ourselves, if we don't need other people, um, what'll happen is that won't just affect us on a social level. There will be social consequences to that, but it will affect you on a spiritual level also. The most dangerous time for a believer, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God, doesn't matter how much scripture you should know, the most dangerous time for a believer, a Christian, even a mature Christian, is in transition when they're separated from the body of Christ. Whatever that transition is, if it's a move, if it's a change of work schedule, if it's a change of um, a career, past, whatever that change is in between the, the, the stage of transition, there goes this period of isolation and you don't feel spiritual connection. It's more than just friends. Hear me today. Let me preach to you a little while. It's more than just friendships. It's more than just having someone you can call. It is a connection that makes you whole. And so when I take a word that we're comfortable with like holiness and I respell it as holiness with a w my point is this you were always created to connect to someone else i want to show you that in the scripture we are born needing others a child, an infant, will not flourish without human touch. Literally, an infant will not flourish. There's been some sad tests done in this manner, not so much intentional, but because of overcrowding and orphanages, some infants didn't get the human contact, and they would not flourish. Many of them would die. The ones who survived would be studded in their, men, their, their, their mental abilities for the rest of their life simply because they did not have a human contact in, in their life. In the beginning, we are born, we can't even lift our heads for a couple months. We are completely helpless. It's usually four months before an infant will roll over, six months before an infant will sit on their own very well. Uh, They'll usually start standing around nine months. They'll take their first tentative steps around a year. But they still are pretty much useless for anything besides snuggles and kisses, (laughs) Um, You can't leave a a child of, I mean, I'm talking, you can't leave them alone. You don't know what's going to happen. They're a risk to themselves. They're a risk to others. Uh, And really, uh, some of you have teenagers and you're not sure that you would trust them with sharp sharp objects. (laughs) I heard a big amen from somewhere that I won't point out. I (laughs) I want you to understand just how desperately we depend upon others. We are born needing others. We live needing others and we ultimately die needing others. It's not so much having someone there at the moment of your passing. As a pastor, I have been at a fair, uh, uh, more than a handful of, of hospital rooms literally as the person was passing away. Um, I have, I've stood there with the family. Um, when my grandmother passed away, couple years ago, I literally I literally sat by her bedside and held her hand for the last, the last hour of her passing and the, la- the very last communication she had was of, of any type uh, was when she during our conversation we started singing and the family was gathered around, and she squeezed my hand. It was the very last the very last thing, uh, and she passed with her family literally gathered around her but the, the point is not so much that that someone is right there. The The point is passing with this deep set of meaningful human connections. Most people, if they got a choice, they they would prefer to pass in their sleep. Uh, They just like to go to bed and uh, pass in their sleep. Not so much whether or not you have a number of people around you, although that I'm sure is, is a wonderful a wonderful statement of love to receive in that moment. Um, I, I read something here recently about a lady who had, she had a friend who was uh, very old and she knew her through them volunteering at the animal shelter and her name was Judy and she didn't show up for a volunteer shift and so uh, the staff members, knowing how uh, frail she was, thought she may have passed in the night and so uh, they drove to her house, and sure enough, they uh, they found her that she had passed. And and um, Kristen, uh, no, no, Noreen wrote of her friend Judy. She said Judy didn't get found by neighbors tracking a smell. She was not eaten by her cat. <laughs> she was missed by friends and promptly found. She said, I will be one of dozens of genuine mourners packing her memorial service. She was not forget forgotten because she did not forget. Judy was not without friends because she was a friend. She lived a great life and had a good death. She just went to bed in her home one night and didn't wake up the next morning. It's an exit to be envied. I will miss, my friend. The point is not. The point is not how many people is gathered around. The point is meaningful human connections, not doing life alone. Why is that so important? Because we were created to connect with others. And our need for connection is a part of our formation, not a part of our fall. I wanna take you to the book of Genesis and I wanna show you some things in the book of Genesis that will serve as a kickoff point for us to understanding just how desperately we need to connect with other people in our lives and just how dependent we are upon uh, other people in our, in our lives. God created a perfect garden. Somebody say yes. Yes. He created everything that Adam needed he had everything that he needed he had safety he had provision he had duties and work to be done he had everything and it still was not good that he was alone so i want to i want to i want you to see that this desire within adam was not a result of sin It was not a fall. It was in his nature. And I want you to remember this because I'm going to come back to this. It was formative to who he was, even in a perfect garden with everything, including the presence of God. Adam needs human connection. And so showing you this, I want you to see what Adam has and what Adam needs. Number one, he has safety, chapter two, verse number eight, the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east where he placed the man he had formed god has placed him in a safe place somebody say he's safe safe. you need safety in your life you need spiritual sanctuary in your life. You need to find a place where you can begin to know God. You can begin to learn of his way and his word. You can begin to proceed according to his direction for your life. You need spiritual safe places. I, I, want, you to rem- I want you to be reminded that the enemy is a defeated foe, and you are safe in Jesus Christ. I want to remind you that the hell does not have power to harm you. That's a lie out of uh, misunderstanding. All power has been given to Jesus Christ. The success that the enemy has is through deception. He goes about as a dangerous lying, roaring into the night, but he's already been defeated. He can only make you think he can harm you. You are safe in Jesus Christ. You have been held in the hands of the one who made you, who died for you, who loves you. You are in a safe place with Jesus Christ. Secondly, Adam needed provision out of the ground. This is verse nine, chapter number two, out of the ground, the Lord God gave growth to every tree that is pleasing to the eye and good for food. You need provision. God placed adam in a place of safety and he gave him the provision that he needed the third thing is something that adam needed that we all need that is oftentimes uncelebrated among us adam needed mastery he needed to be good at something he needed dominion let me say it like this he needed work Now, I'm not saying that the work he needed to do was necessarily, you know, digging a ditch or something. I'm saying he needed something that he had mastery in. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a multimillionaire and you never had to work again, you might would spend a few weeks on a beach doing nothing, but pretty soon you would want to do something it may not be work for someone else. It may not even be work at all. It may be a hobby, but you would wanna express mastery in that hobby. It may be a nonprofit, but you would wanna add value in that nonprofit. Yeah, it's fun to do nothing, uh, and people bring you you know, cold drinks with umbrellas in them and that kind of a thing. That's fun for a little while. I know some of you would like to try starting tomorrow. The point I'm trying to make is this. After you've taken enough naps, my wife and I go on vacation, the first few days we take naps every day I know that sounds boring to you that's all right we weren't going to take you on our vacation anyway (laughs) This last trip we went on, the first three days, we slept uh, an hour to two hours every afternoon. It was a thing of beauty. Angels danced through the atmosphere. The the, the very heavens were opened, uh, and blessings came down from above. Uh, But about the third, fourth day, I I was done taking naps. I had finally caught up. So it is with with all of us. After enough rest, you want to exercise dominion. You want to show mastery. You want to be good at something. You want to add value. So what does Adam need? He needs this work, this mastery, this dominion. Verse 15. Then the Lord took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and to keep it. The next thing Adam needed, just as all of us, is Adam needed boundaries without boundaries, there is no civilization. There is no civilization found or studied by any anthropologist, whether or not they were believers, not the point of any anthropologist that did not come with a set of boundaries. We need boundaries in order to rise above the beasts of the field. Because if we accept a society where the only the the strongest or the uh, most dangerous, whatever, uh, has authority, and they, simply take it, then we have lost the stamp, the mark of the image of God. Boundaries make us whole. Boundaries help us to be safe. Now, we can argue over those boundaries. Societies do. We pass laws as definitions of those boundaries, but Adam needs that lest he simply live as as a beast. One of my favorite current uh, leadership sayings, uh, there's a, a, a man who's uh, fairly influential right now in, in uh, development, leadership development, and uh, corporate training and the like. He's a former Navy SEAL. His uh, nickname is Jocko, Jocko Wilnick. He has this saying that is my, probably my favorite leadership saying right now. And it's simply this, um, discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. We tend to think the opposite. I'm free if I don't have any discipline. But if you don't have any discipline, you're just getting poor as fast as you can. Without discipline, you're getting unhealthy as fast as you can. Without discipline, you're never going to be able to afford a vacation as fast as you can. But guess what discipline does? It gives you freedom. So it is with Adam. He needs these boundaries. And so verse 16, the Lord says, look, all this is yours, but this tree here of the knowledge of good and evil, that is mine. You need to respect that boundary. So Adam is given a perfect garden. It's perfect. Think about the consequence of perfection. He has everything of his natural needs given to him he even has his psychological needs met through work and uh mastery but there's two things he needs to be whole one of them he has but he will lose and one of them he does not have but he will gain the first is a divine presence The Lord walked with them in the cool of the evening, denoting fellowship and friendship. And the second thing is the Lord says, in spite of this perfect place, in spite of my presence, in spite of everything, the Lord says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. Adam is given to Eve. You can read the scripture where the man says and quotes the verse, this is now bone of my bones, and this is written as Hebrew poetry. It's not written as simple narrative. This, this, this passage here is structured and framed and metered in uh, the style of poetry. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for out of man she was taken. And for this cause and for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to... To his wife, and they will become one flesh. This is God's gift, and through Eve, all the relationships of human connection are given to humanity. Children, first of all, of course, uh, the romantic uh, connection. Secondly, the parental connection. Through that becomes extended family connection, siblings, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles. Uh, through the, the others and the spread of others comes uh, that friend connection and every one of these will be used in the bible to teach us something about the nature of god stay with me here for a moment the the romantic think of the song of solomon the parental he's our father the uh sibling uh, he has a uh, sticks closer than a brother and uh, the friend who sticks closer than every one of these will be teaching to us because God's love is so broad that you cannot simply understand what, he, what he, he adds to our life by looking at the love song of a poet and seeing passion in our relationship with God or the care and nourishment of the parent with a child or the friend or the brother on and on the story goes on and on the bible teaches showing us the love of god here is the truth and this is what i want all of you to see kicking off this this series on love and holiness we are pieces each of us like jigsaw pieces to a puzzle the picture doesn't make sense if we only look at the piece The story isn't told by only looking at the fragment of self. We are pieces meant to fit with others. If you think physically, in the sense of our our, our, people in our life, in in, in the sense of of, of coming together in romantic relationships, we are complete in others, and beyond that, we are complete in family, and beyond that, we are complete in friends. None of us are complete in ourselves. One of the biggest successes of the enemy is to isolate people until they make a series of bad decisions that were not the intentional act of their choice, but the desperate move of their pain. And when the enemy's done, they're in a worse situation than they ever were in before, because in their isolation, he got them to make life choices. And in their isolations, he gave them worldviews that they adopted. And in their isolation, they made choices about how they would live their life in the middle of the pain of isolation. I want you to know you are incomplete in yourself. Whether we're talking in our, uh, the, the world in which we live, we need family. We need friends. We need those, whole, uh, those things that make us whole. And uh, even more spiritually, we are incomplete. Complete in ourself and this is so true the church itself is described as pieces coming together being formed by God into something that is alive we are meant to fit with others don't ever let yourself think that you are enough for you don't ever let yourself think you are enough for you love makes no sense it is true but it makes everything else make a lot of sense so Satan deceives Eve and leads her to sin. And what's at risk in this deception? The thing that's risk is connection with God because sin separates us from God. And so God has created a perfect pairing, a perfect place, and Adam has everything. And uh, the serpent aims for this goal to separate connectedness from God. And so this is the fall of sin. And sin separates us from God. And we find ourselves in the position of, of Job. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. If only I could just talk to God, he might could make sense of some things for me. If only I could get some direction, uh, this separation had consequences. And Adam and Eve are taken from their safe place. They now live in fear, not just of the beasts, but of each other. Because very quickly, within one generation, rage will, eat, will, will, will turn into murder. Uh, and now they will be filled with divisiveness and hatred. They're taken from a safe place. They're taken from a place of... Uh, Of provision of of the safe place of, of safety and provision and they are taken from this place of having the opportunity to make more beautiful something God has already made beautiful that's the work in the garden now outside the garden the only thing they can do is try to make beautiful something that has been made ugly through fallenness and rebellion and boundaries which at one point saved them the same boundary now judges them and the law was not to keep them in god's presence the law was to teach them that without mercy they would never know presence again and so you see, Adam and Eve, there's two things that Adam and Eve needed. They needed their connection one with another, they needed human connection, and they needed divine connection. This is what they needed. We will never be whole simply living a life that's focused on ourselves. Whether or not we're talking of spiritual things, whether or not we are talking of romantic relationships, whether or not we're talking about the responsibilities of parent and child, whether we're talking about what a family owes to itself and the small kindnesses with which friends soften the blows of life one to another. I'm here to tell you, you will never be complete and you will never know joy and you will never know uh, holiness without being joined together to other people because you were always incomplete even in your creation. And God joins us together that we might be made whole. Our fallen sinful nature separates us from God and isolates us from people. Let me say that again because it has spiritual consequences. Our fallen nature separates us from God and isolates us from people. And we begin to live our life with the view of seeing other people primarily as competitors or even predators. And we live wrapped in our fears and we live wrapped in all the calluses of our uh, self-organized plans to survive and we view people as out to get us and we view others as more flawed than we and so our parents trying to protect us teach us coping not with their words parents really don't get to teach with their words words are just the parental way of feeling better about the crazy stuff you do to your children what you really teach with is your choices now that's terrifying isn't it What you really teach with is your choices. We don't always get to tell them, but bless God, we sure get to show them. And we teach teach with our choices. I I pray that you had uh, parents who showed you the way to life because that ultimately is the job of the parent. Before they know God, they know you. Man, I'm just, I'm just causing some serious reflection around here today. And so I want, I, I want you so much to see. I, I want you to see how our coping mechanism for a fallen world is directly what wars against our, uh, the very thing that would connect us with others and connect us to God. In other words, your first carnal reaction will probably make most situations in your life worse, not better. But when Jesus sought to reveal himself, when Jesus sought to define himself, he defines himself as spirit, yes. He defines himself as, as life, or as light, I should say, yes. And he defines himself as love. The only experience that we have of God as human emotion is when we experience pure love. This is not an accident because love was always how God was going to make whole this world. Whether it was in a perfect state, he made it whole through love. Or whether it was in a fallen state, he made it whole through love. And we have a chance to reflect the very nature and being of God by the manner in which we live. We will never be whole unless we have a healthy connection to God and healthy connection to other people. Our fallen condition will isolate us from people and separate us from God. But the work of redemption is to undo the damage that we have wrought. I love Psalms 68 and 6. And I'm almost done. Musicians, you can come. This is in the me- message translation. Verse number five. Father of orphans, champion of, will- of widows, is God in his holy house. And then there's this phrase, God makes homes for the homeless. And another translation, it says this, God places orphans in families. We are all of us spiritual orphans Amen. in our sinful condition. But God places us and connects us in families. He places us and connects us in spiritual families. There's two examples I want to give you of how important this connection is uh, before I'm done here today. Uh, even, even, if we were, even if we were like God... There would still be a desire for connection. Why else would a perfect God survey the universe and say, let there be, and form this planet and take humanity out of the clay of the ground and breathe life within us and upon us and make us a living soul that we might know him, that we might have fellowship with him, even if we were as perfect as God we probably would seek to connect with the objects of our love. Do you see? Even if we were as perfect as as Jesus Christ, even if we were as perfect as Jesus Christ, we might seek to connect with others. Mark 3, verse number 13, Jesus went up into the mountain and called unto him whom he would, and they came to him, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him. Could it be that God manifests in the flesh? Wanted people to walk this journey with him. Even if you were not broken, you still would need connection. Even if you weren't limited, you would still need connection. Even if you had all power, you would still want connection. And so how does the enemy attack us? Just like the Garden of Eden, he seeks to separate our connection. And this manifests itself in our relationship with churches... And a difficulty sometimes of getting along with other Christians. It manifests itself in our marriages where we learn to take one another uh, for granted just as the years pass. Uh, it manifests itself in the frustrations of family and, and the difficulties of raising children or, 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 or just getting along with our extended families, our siblings. It manifests itself in our friendships, which we fail to value. And we let fade away because after all, we're just so busy. And then we wonder why at the end of it all, there's this kind of what's the point of it all sense that arises within us. Christ is the source of connection between every one of us and the eternal and through Christ. We're gonna talk about these things. Through Christ, we are connected one to another. I'm gonna talk about how Christ removed the middle wall of partition between one another. I'm gonna talk about how Christ made it possible to have a relationship with God. But here is the point. If hell can destroy your loves, if hell can ruin your relationship it won't need to destroy you because you will have self-destructed. Is that too heavy for you? I hope not. If the enemy can destroy these valuable things in our life, our connection with other believers, our connection with friends, our, 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 our connection with people that are placed in our life to fit with us, if the enemy can destroy this, Really, he won't need to destroy us because we will have self-destructed. And so, I want to show you in the next couple weeks, I want, if, if the Lord will give me the ability, I want to show you what holiness feels like. And all you who are far away have been brought close. All you who were isolated and alienated, you've been brought close. All of you who were strangers orphans you've been adopted all of you who have been placed in covenant with people you have the opportunity to manifest the love of God in a manner that makes everything else make sense let's all stand all across the house I'm going to invite you whoever if you would like to whoever will I'd like to invite you to step out of the chair you're in and I'd like you to come down here to the front and Let's, as we always do on Sundays, let's, let's gather, gather across the front here. I am, I am aware of how uh, so often when we teach in practical manner or we preach on practical subjects, sometimes we don't know what to do with that spiritually. We're like, okay, I need to, I need to be nicer. <laughs> now what? <laughs> uh, I, 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 need to be, I need to be better uh, to, with my friends. I need to be better husband. I need to be a better spouse. Um, Now what? What do I do with that spiritually? This is what I... What's what you're going to do spiritually? If we don't manifest the love of God, we won't just fail as humans. We will have failed to influence the world in which God placed us. Does that make sense? If we fail at this subject, however mundane and ordinary and life-heavy it feels, if we fail at this, we will have failed at everything because this act... Of divine agape love flowing through our lives is the one thing given to the church as a power that cannot fail that never fails do you see would you lift your hands with me and close your eyes all across the house Lord Jesus we are your people and we want so much to manifest your kingdom Uh, to the world in which we are placed we want so much to lead others not simply not simply in a path that we would choose them choose for them but to lead them back to a, a relationship with you and through our testimony and through our prayer and through our efforts and through our connectedness there comes a spiritual opportunity for us to be the body of christ we become the hands and feet of healing in our community lord jesus but we need your anointing to make that happen. We need your anointing to make that happen. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. All across the house, will you just tell the Lord, let it start with me, oh God. Will you just, just, Lord Jesus, let this start. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them.